what is up again? Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> this is wild. I, uh, I've had so much to get off my mind after just kind of, again, digesting this whole season and it finishing. And at this point I've been going for nearly two hours between like recording and editing and posting. And I can typically edit these in about three minutes. So, uh, yeah, I just, uh, whew, I'm on a roll, but, um, yeah. Um, thank you again for listening. Brian Card 9N49ers podcast. I really got to work on my intro. Just realized that haven't been saying it for probably a, a couple episodes now. Uh, still working on the single beer that I opened. Um, it's really good though. It's like a coconut porter, uh, that's, uh, like semi-local. So it's, uh, it's really good made here in Washington state. So gotta love it. But yeah, coconut porter sounded like a good sipping beer for a little bit of reflecting. Anyways, though, what are we here for? Defensive grades. So we finished with our end of the season news. We did our offensive grades, which I hope you enjoyed that. Um, I think there's some very positives and some very big question marks for next season. And now we move to the defense. Um... I think probably, I'm not sure how we want to do defense. Let me think real quick here. Do I want to start secondary or defensive line? Gosh, that's tricky. Um, You know what? Let's start with the defensive line because that is how the Niners do it. They build front to back with a stacked D line. And that was what led our defense to being so good this season was our defense having being so good despite the struggles that they went through. So um, let me go to the roster here and let's start with defensive line. And does it have D-line or D-end or D-T? Let me just check here. Okay, cool. Yeah, it looks like it's just D-E or D-L. Cool. Well, that works for me. Um, As far as defensive line goes, um, I am going to try and think of this in terms of there's, there's the different places where you line up. So like, uh, you know, like a zero technique is like you're face to face with a center. A one technique is like you're on like the shoulder of the center. Uh, your three techs are typically lined up against the guards. A five technique is like heads up on a tackle. Um, so basically the way I see it is that you have, in a sense, if we want to really simplify it, you have edge defenders, you have three techs, and then you have nose tackles. That's kind of the way that I like to think about it. 
because um, typically your nose tackle is somebody who's going to take on a lot more double teams, and that's typically, you know, like sent lined up on the center or center guard. Your three technique is typically one-on-one versus a guard op- on the opposite side. And then your edge defenders, those are typically the guys that are lined up outside of the offensive tackle, you know, whether that's, you know, just on the outside shoulder of the offensive tackle, which I think is like a six technique, seven technique, or out wide like a nine technique. Either way, though, the Niners this season lined up their defensive linemen in all kinds of crazy formations, and I loved it. I loved it. And the way that they were able to get this line going, um, it was it was just incredible. The way that they manipulated the defensive line. And by the way, Chris Kosarek, pay Chris Kosarek whatever the fuck he wants because he is probably the best defensive line coach in the NFL. Uh, so give that fucker a raise so he goes nowhere because paying if you give Chris Kosarek a raise to where he's making $2 million a year, he is going to generate so much more off of his $2 million coaching um you know cost, pay whatever than $2 million on any single defensive lineman. Like a $2 million defensive lineman is nothing. You're going to get way more out of every single defensive lineman just by paying Chris Kosarek more money. So Give him a raise, please, because that man has done an incredible job with our defensive line since he's got here. All right, so let's start with the leaders. So Nick motherfucking Bosa. Uh, Nick Bosa was incredible this season. Uh, In my opinion, he should have been an all-pro. I don't know why they gave it to Max Crosby when Nick Bosa beat him in sacks and tackles for loss. And he did it coming off of a torn ACL. And he did it getting double teamed and triple teamed more than any other player in the NFL. Nick Bosa was a monster. Nick Bosa had, I believe, let me see if I can look this up here. Let me sort by sacks. 15 and a half sacks in the season. Plus, I think he had one and a half or two or three sacks in the playoffs. Plus, he had like 20 tackles for a loss. And I don't even know what he got in terms of pressures. Uh, but Nick Bosa this season was incredible. He was so good. And the fact that he did it coming off of freaking an ACL tear. Nick Bosa, uh, by the way had an 89.4 PFF grade, which is seventh best in the NFL. Uh, I He was so good. Again, 15 and a half sacks, 20 tackles for a loss, plus playoff sacks, plus playoff tackles for a loss, plus four forced fumbles. Nick Bosa strips the ball and gets turnovers. Nick Bosa, so good. Pay the man as soon as you can, whatever he wants. I want Nick Bosa to be a 10-year niner. He is just is so good. And the again, the fact that he did it coming off of an ACL tear. Like, he tore his ACL week two of last season. He comes back this season 
Pro Bowl, 15 sacks, 20 tackles for a loss, playoff sacks. If I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure that Nick Bosa now, in his first three seasons, which, by the way, he didn't even play his second season, he now, I think he leads the Niners in playoff sacks in team history. Nick Bosa now has the record, the team record for playoff sacks, and he has only played two seasons in three years. He was healthy. He didn't have any injuries. Uh, the only thing I remember happening, it was like he, it was like every once in a while, like I think once every like three or four games, he would like hurt his hand or something and he'd come out for like two or three plays. But I mean, like just Nick Bosa's incredible. Um, it's my girlfriend's favorite player. So I think we're going to, I think I'm going to have to get her a Bosa jersey. Because, uh, I mean, she, got, she doesn't have a jersey, especially when we go to the next game. Uh, you know, you got to wear a Bosa jersey. So I think I'm going to get I think I'm going to get my girl a Bosa jersey. But he's so good. He's so good. And the fact that he did all that, despite the fact that teams were double and triple teaming him and holding him. I, there's a couple of things that I think Nick Bosa can improve on, despite the fact that he's already so good. I do think one area that he can improve is uh, drawing holding flags because he gets held so much. I want to see him do like whatever that move is where it's like you like flail your arm out a little bit so that the ref can't ignore it because Nick Bosa should have been called like they should have called like freaking 30 holding penalties on Nick Bosa this season. He beats the offensive linemen so fast that they have to hold, but it's like the refs are like, well, we can't just like throw a flag every place. So I guess we just won't throw them. Um, it's ridiculous how few times offensive linemen were flagged against Nick Bosa. Cause it should have been realistically like two to four times per game. Like he's so good. So good. So good. Nick Bosa, motherfuckers. Nick Bosa. Um, yeah, and honestly, like Nick Bosa, I think is also probably one of my favorite interviews. <laughs> the, the difference of Nick Bosa on the field just being like, like literally just like a killer on the field where he just dominates everyone and it's like, what are you going to do? And he just instills fear in offensive linemen, offensive coordinators, quarterbacks. Like he instills fear, but then you see him in an interview and he's like, yeah, you know, just, uh, just kind of play the game. It's kind of cool. You know, he's, I just think Nick Bosa is fucking hilarious. He, he comes off like just like some like stoner who's just like, yeah, you know, just kind of woke up from a nap and uh, it was pretty fun. <laughs> so, yeah, love Nick Bosa. Um, amazing season. Amazing player. I hope he's here for 10 years. Uh, next up, uh, Eric Armstead. Eric Armstead also had a really good season. Um, also, Eric Armstead are a really good player. Uh, playoffs. Uh, I think he ended up 
if I remember correctly, I think he actually led the team in sacks in the playoffs. Uh, but he had six regular season sacks. Um, I don't have his exact stats up here. It doesn't show me everything. Um, but Eric Armstead, really good season, especially from defensive tackle. Um, I really like that they moved him inside. Um, I definitely think that uh, Arden Key improving, uh, or not Key, but uh, uh, Samson Abukum improving at edge definitely helped move Armstead inside, as well as getting a Menahue. Uh, trading for a Menahue, I think, was a good move that helped, again, kick Armstead inside. And he was so good from the inside. Um, I really hope that that move is permanent uh, as far as moving Eric Armstead to the inside. Um, he had a really good season. A really good season. Uh, what does PFF say? Um, uh, damn. PFF had Eric Armstead as the 11th best defensive tackle in the NFL. So again, like Eric Armstead, really good season, um, healthy season. And again, just like great character, like locker room, uh, all that good stuff. I know he's not necessarily like a a big personality, but he's definitely a leader. uh, If that makes sense. Like he's, he's not really the best interview, Um, but he's definitely a leader on that defensive line. I think that everyone looks up to him. He's a veteran and, uh, he's a really good defensive tackle and I hope they keep him at defensive tackle because I don't really like him at defensive end. I just don't think that he's fast enough to, uh, contain mobile quarterbacks when he plays defensive end. So Eric Armstead, really good season. Um, Let's see here. Let's talk about some of the other defensive linemen. So, Charles Amenahue. I like him. We traded for him. Uh, This is the third year of his rookie contract. Um, And Charles Amenahue, he is a... He's a high-motor power rusher. Uh, he's He's a good athlete. He's not great, but I thought that... I thought he played pretty well. I thought that Charles Amenahue had a pretty solid half season that he was with us because he was only with us for half a season, you know? Um, let's see here. What do we got here? What do we got here? Did Amenahue have... Where is his stats? Really? Did he not have any sacks during the main during the regular season? I guess not. Um, I really like him as a rotational defensive end. Again, I don't think uh, that he's necessarily elite, but he's on a rookie contract. We've got him next year, and I like him as a rotational defensive end. Uh, I liked what I saw. Again, he's not great, but you're putting him out there as a rotation, and in that sense, I think he's perfect. Uh, I think he's at his best. Uh, when he's playing edge, even though he's a bigger edge at like 6'5", 280, uh, you know, in that like 270, 280 range, uh, he's long enough that he doesn't look super stout. Um, so I think I think he's solid. I think he's solid. I liked it, and I think he'll be better next year, especially as he has more, uh, more time to work with Chris Kosarek. Um, but he was definitely solid. All right, uh, Arden Key. Arden Key was kind of like our steal this offseason. Um, if I remember correctly, he was waived by, let's see here. Um, yeah, Arden Key was waived 
by the Raiders, and then we claimed him, and he was like a defensive end with the Raiders that didn't really play that well. But then we ended up figuring out that Arden Key was really good rushing from the interior. Six and a half sacks on the season. So gotta love that. Um, He's a guy that I think uh, he's a free agent. So I think he's somebody they should definitely consider bringing back. Uh, And I think he wants to come back. And I think that's the kind of guy that you can get on a pretty team friendly deal for a couple of years. Um, I don't know what like a price range is for that off the top of my head, but Arden key six and a half sacks. He was second in sacks on, uh, for the team on the season. And yeah, I think, I think we figured out when we figured out how to use him, we figured out where he aligned best and everything. Um, good rotational guy. And I mean, again, like six and a half sacks on the season, it's not elite, but it's not nothing. Like you get a you get a guy with six and a half sacks, and like that's solid. You know, that's more than Eric Armstead. Armstead had more in the playoffs, but like regular season, Arden Key was number two on the team with six and a half sacks. Uh, steal the off season, and hopefully we resign him. I thought he played really well again, primarily rushing from the interior. He was really good there. Uh, Samson Abuka. Samson Abukum. So he was the guy that we signed from the Rams. We gave him a two-year deal, so he's under contract next year. He had four and a half sacks this season. However, what I will say is that he was much better later on in the season than earlier. So I think Abukum, I think it just took him basically a half a season to kind of figure out how to rush uh, the way that Chris Kosarek coaches. Because if you remember, um, Samson Abukum was, with the Rams, a 3-4 outside linebacker, meaning he rushed from the edge, but he would also drop into coverage on like in like to the flat and stuff like that. So he didn't necessarily focus on his pass rush. He also mentioned that he was never coached up as a pass rusher. Like he didn't have, he didn't have a chance to uh, like work on his technique. Samson Abukum is a elite level athlete at the position. Um, just in terms of, you know, he's like, uh, I don't remember exactly, but like six, four, uh, two fifty, but like super fast, super strong for his size, like really high percentile athlete for his size at that position. Um, but just never really got like the technique and the pass rush plan figured out. And again, this is a guy where, but he's a high motor guy, like hundred percent effort. He just doesn't have the technique. And I think that you definitely saw later on in the season, he improved throughout the season and got better with that technique and everything that I think next year we, we, I'm not saying we're going to see a big step from Abukum next season, but I would not be surprised next season if a, if Abukum uh, ends up having six to eight sacks versus four and a half, uh, which is what he's had basically his whole career. He's been like a four sack a season guy. Um, but the way that he improved later on in the season, I think with uh, the improvement that he showed later and with Chris Kosarek's coaching, I think that we're really helping develop him 
And I, I, I would not be surprised if next season he ends up having six to eight sacks uh, versus four and a half. Uh, next up, we got Jordan Willis. Um, I've, I've always liked Jordan Willis since we traded for him uh, like two seasons ago. Because I think we traded for him last season. Uh, and then he was solid, had a couple sacks. And then this season... He was suspended for the first couple, uh, first six games, and then he came in. Um, Jordan Willis is a guy that I really like him as a rotational defensive end. Uh, again, don't really think he's elite, um, but I like him just a sense of, you know, he had three sacks on the season, 15 tackles, and... I like him as a rotational defensive end. I think that if we're looking at our defensive line next year, uh, if we've got Nick Bosa, Arden Key, Armstead, Abukum, Willis, uh, DJ Jones, I think it's a really good six-man rotation. Um, again, really like Willis. Uh, he's not elite. I don't think he ever will be, uh, but just... I think he's a solid rotational defensive end, and I think he played well for us, and I like him. I like him as a player. Uh, again, he's kind of one of those uh, like power rushers. He's not super bendy. He's not super fast, uh, but he's strong, and he's got a high motor, and he he gets it done. Some He, he makes some plays. Uh, I will also say Jordan Willis, playoff legend for that blocked punt and... Uh, for the assist on the blocked field goal against the Packers. So much so that Madden gave Jordan Willis a 96 overall uh, playoff card, which uh, is currently on my uh, my online Madden team, which is kind of fun. Uh, I've got him starting at uh, three technique. <laughs> so shout out Jordan Willis. Uh, keep rushing from the inside, brother. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, uh, DJ Jones, dude, DJ Jones. Awesome. Awesome player. Great season. Um, doesn't show up in terms of the, on the sack total with only two on the season, but 56 tackles, including 40 solo tackles. DJ Jones is a nose tackle, but he's like a penetrating nose tackle. Uh, but he's also really good at anchoring against double teams. Uh, DJ Jones had a really good season. And I really hope that we're able to keep him. Again, free agent. Uh, and here's the other thing is, it's not just that he's a free agent, but he's a young free agent compared to the rest of the defensive tackles. There's a whole lot of defensive tackle, defensive interior linemen that are free agents this year, but most of them are like 30 to 33. DJ Jones is like 27 and he had a really good season. So I really hope we can keep him. I really like him, you know, one tech, just like that nose tackle, like him and Armstead on the inside are awesome. And I can't even count off the top of my head how many times I saw him just like beat a guy on the inside and just make a play and get a tackle for a loss. Like DJ Jones, such a good season. Um, I want to check. I want to see what did 
What did PFF give DJ Jones? Because it had to be... Damn! DJ Jones, 18th best defensive interior. Like, yeah, PFF. I mean, PFF isn't everything, but hey, you know what? PFF, he's a top 20 interior defensive lineman. Uh, That's really good. And again, doesn't really knock up, doesn't really like show up big on the sack total with two, but I'm pretty sure he had, you know, double digit tackles for a loss. And DJ Jones was, he was awesome. Uh, Really hope we're able to re-sign him. Uh, I think he is one of, uh, so my, I think my priority list in terms of like re-signing our free agents, Lakin Tomlinson and DJ Jones are my like top two priority top two priorities in terms of like re-signing free agents. So shout out DJ Jones, have yourself a season. Damn. He was so good. Love DJ Jones this year. Uh, Contavia street, Kevin Givens, uh, the last couple of guys. Um, I think, I think there was the last couple of guys. Um, cool. So Kevin Givens, uh, Givens was okay. Um, he's a younger player. Again, this is his like second or third season. He's a, he's kind of a, he's a, he's a three technique. You know, he's, he's at his best when he's rushing one-on-one versus a guard. Um, I don't think that he did particularly well, uh, anchoring against double teams, although not nearly as bad as Contavia street. Um, and I think he was better, at uh, shooting gaps, um, but just overall, um, Kevin Givens, he was again like he was he was okay. If if he's your if Kevin Givens is like your seventh or eighth defensive lineman, and he's like your fifth or sixth defensive tackle, I don't hate it. I like the I like the role that he played on this team, um, and if he's back next season, I'll be happy to have him on the defensive line rotation. Because again, that's the way this team is at its best is with a defensive line rotation. I do think that he was uh, often a liability in the run game just because he couldn't anchor against double teams, um, and that just happens when you know you're two eighty five and you've got two offensive linemen coming at you. Um, but I like him as a young player. Um, I like him as a, uh, you know, uh, a penetrating three technique. I think that's at his best. His, he's best when he is rushing the passer three technique. Uh, that's when he's at his best. And he did have that one really good play against Dalvin Cook where uh, he shot the gap, tackle for loss, and uh, forced a fumble on Dalvin Cook. So that was, that was probably his best play of the season. All right, and who is left? Contavious Street. Uh, Contavious Street was... He was okay. Um, Contavious Street was probably our worst defensive lineman. Um, He was a liability in the run game. Whenever he went in, they basically ran right at him. He really struggled against uh, double teams. He couldn't anchor... Uh, and you would think that a guy who, you know, 6'2", 280, 290, 
who has like a 700 pound like squat. Like you would think that somebody like that would be able to anchor better just being like short squatty with like really, really strong. Uh, but he could just never anchor against a double team. So he was a liability of the run game. Basically whenever Contavious street went in, they were like, cool, uh, run at him, put two guys and just run at him. So, yeah. And then a uh, couple others just real quick. Um, D Ford, uh, D Ford, I think, I think his career is over. Um, he was really good for like a game. I think he, he had three sacks this season, which was ridiculous. Cause he played like two games. Um, but just like injuries and everything. I kind of just hope D Ford retires for his own personal health, just like neck and back issues, dude. Like, do you really want to risk like that, like neck and back issues for the rest of your life? Like he's made so much money. He's played on so many good teams. I understand the love of the game, but he was only able to play a couple of games this season. And when D Ford's healthy, he is so good. But I, I would not be surprised if uh, D Ford retired. Um, and if he doesn't retire, he's definitely getting cut. Um, just like from a cap perspective, I think if we get rid of him, it saves us like $7 million in cap. Uh, and that's after he restructured it, which is really nice. Um, but yeah, so D Ford, um, extremely talented, extremely effective, but just like health stuff can't stay on the field is what it is. Um, cool. Uh, next guy. They got to bring up Javon Kinlaw. So Kinlaw is a big question mark because Kinlaw, in my opinion, uh, physical freak, you know, being six, five, three thirty, and moving the way that he does and being as long as he does, as long as he is just, you know, they don't build people like that. And, uh, people that big don't move like that. Uh, but he does, um, However, he was flagged pre-draft with a knee issue. Now he's got a nagging, nagging knee issue. He barely played this season. When he did play, he didn't look as good as his rookie season. Um, the uh, season, the surgery that he had, apparently they reconstructed his ACL. So I'm really crossing my fingers that he comes back next year and he's recovered and he's good. Uh, who knows what's up with, uh, you know, what's up with Kinlaw. Um, if Kinlaw is able to recover a hundred percent and come back, I really like him as a interior run stuffer. I don't think that he's ever had a chance to develop his pass rush moves. And at this point, I don't know if he ever, if he will, uh, for it to be worth, us giving him an extension because you figure, uh, I, I think he only had like two sacks his rookie season this season. I don't think he had any, he was a solid run defender. Um, but you figure, you know, if you have three sacks in your first two years as, you know, a, a 15th overall pick, um, it's, it's not good, but at the same time, he's young, 
Uh, if he bounces back, maybe he comes back next season. He has a really good year. He starts developing as a pass rusher under Kosarek. Um, but DJ Jones just, or Javon Kinlaw, just a big question mark right now. We really don't know what we're going to get. Um, I think, uh, I think Kinlaw has the talent and the ability to be a really good run stuffer on the interior, which is always good. Again, you know, you got your, your three technique who's one-on-one with a guard and then you got your nose tackle. I think that he's, I think that he's built enough that he can play a nose tackle. Uh, he can play three technique, either one. I think that just the physical, the physical ability, athleticism and strength that he has will just make him a menace along the interior, just wreak havoc. I just don't think that he's refined his pass rushing technique enough that he's a ne- that he's necessarily a threat as a pass rusher. Uh, I think he needs to develop that, develop that. But in terms of just like a big guy who just fucks up the interior of the offensive line, like hundred percent, I think that he can fuck up the interior of the offensive line. Um, I don't know if that's going to lead to a lot of sacks, but if you want a guy to push the pocket and just get things messy up there and stuff the run, I think that he still has the potential to be really, really good at that. Um, I just really don't know what we're going to expect because a whole lot of it depends on rehab and uh, how he develops. And then the final guy that I will bring up is a guy that we didn't really get a chance to see, which is a bummer because... I think he's good. Uh, Maurice Hurst. Maurice Hurst, I think that he was... Uh, I think that he is similar similar profile to... Well, I don't really know who I would compare him to. Maurice Hurst is like a really good defensive tackle as like a three technique. Um, but he's a, he's a good lateral mover as a three technique. Um, so solid run stuffer, good pass rusher. But he just he was dealing with nagging injuries this whole season, so we only saw him for one or two games. I would love it if we could bring back Maurice Hurst and have him be healthy. Um, I don't think that he's necessarily injury prone because I think this is the uh, the first season that he's had this many injuries, and this was his fourth year. Um, I also believe that he will be a free agent, so maybe we can get him back at like a vet minimum kind of thing. Um, I would love that. Um, but yeah, like, honestly, uh, it was a bummer that we didn't get more Maurice Hurst. Uh, I would really like to bring him back again, three technique. I think he's perfect. Um, so again, if, if you tell me next year that our nose tackles are DJ Jones, Javon Kinlaw, uh, our three techniques who play opposite of them are Armstead, Maurice Hurst. And then uh, you mix in some Arden Key. And then on the edges, you've got Bosa, Abukum, um, Amenahu, and then maybe like draft an edge. Like I really like that defensive line. Um, but again, like a bunch of these guys, free agents. Uh, but who knows? Maybe we can bring them back on team-friendly deals. Uh, you never really know how free agency is going to go. Uh, but yeah, that is the entire defensive line. I realize it takes a, a bit of time to go over the defensive line, but 
hey, you know what? We got a lot of guys on the defensive line. Let's talk about linebackers. Um, started off Fred Warner, uh, all pro Fred, really, really good. Uh, PFF gave him, uh, the fifth best linebacker, uh, in the NFL. I don't think that Fred Warner this year was as good as last year when he was legit all pro Fred best linebacker in the NFL, in my opinion, hands down last year. Um, I do think this year that Fred Warner, uh, started slow, but then he ended up having a really good season, uh, overall 137 total tackles, uh, one forced fumble. I don't remember if he had an interception or not, but Fred Warner just, uh, he's so good team leader. He's got the big extension and I really like that at the, uh, the exit interviews, he basically said like at the beginning of the season, I was not playing up to my own personal standard that I set myself. Uh, the standard that I set myself is to be the best linebacker in the NFL. And I let it get to my head and I fixed it and I addressed it. I attacked it. I made the correction and it won't happen again. So I really like that he acknowledged I didn't start the season as well as I thought, but I improved and it won't happen again. And I realized what happened and I corrected it because Fred Warner. Awesome. Yeah. And we don't, I don't want to, again, I got to kind of make this quick. Just Fred Warner. Awesome. 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 Dre Greenlaw. I thought Dre Greenlaw was, uh, he was good this season. The only issue was that he barely played, uh, you know, the first game of the season, he has that pick six, then he has the groin injury. Then he's out for like half the season, tries to come back, plays a game or two, got hurt again. Um, I really like Dre Greenlaw. I think that he's, I think Aziz improved a lot this season and PFF has Aziz as a top 30 linebacker. Uh, which when you consider 32 teams and two to three linebackers are starters per team, that's out of 87. I like it. Um, yeah, and Drake Greenlaw graded better. Uh, he graded better than Aziz, but he just, he barely played. Um, yeah, I mean, he Drake Greenlaw played only 240 snaps. This season, uh, that's like, what is that? That's like four games. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I will say I, I don't expect Dre Greenlaw to have injury issues next year. And I think we still have him for one more year on his contract. Um, really like Dre Greenlaw. It's, uh, you know, he just struggled with some injuries and yeah, he's got one more year left on his contract. Uh, just struggled with injuries this year and wasn't quite as good, but I like Drew Greenlaw. Um, I think he's best as a, as a, uh, as a will linebacker. Uh, whereas I think Aziz is better as a Sam. Um, but yeah, I like, I like Dre Greenlaw. Dre Greenlaw is, uh, he's, he's typically a very good tackler, and he's pretty good in zone. He's not necessarily a playmaker usually. I think Aziz is more of a playmaker. Um, but yeah, Dre Greenlaw, I mean, 
Again, it was unfortunate that he was out so much. Um, but when he was in, he was solid. And we've got one more year of Dre, so we'll see what happens next year. And maybe we extend him. Who knows? Uh, also linebacker, Aziz. Dude, Aziz came out this season and was like, by the way, I'm fucking good. And Aziz was. Aziz was good. Um, Aziz was second in the team with 101 tackles, two sacks, and a forced fumble. And I think he had an interception in there too. Uh, Aziz came out and he was like, hey, I'm good. Uh, I really like Aziz. Um, Really physical. He's definitely a downhill physical linebacker. He likes to hit. He's not necessarily the best tackler, um, but he's a big hitter. He's a playmaker. He likes to hit guys, come downhill. Uh, He's a playmaker. Again, strip, uh, interception. So a couple turnovers from him. Um, I don't think he's under contract next season. So I do wonder kind of what we're going to do with that. But I really didn't know what to expect from Aziz this year. But when Dre Greenlaw went down, Aziz came in. He stepped up. And he had a really good season. Uh, there was a point in the season where Aziz was playing as good as Fred Warner. Uh, Aziz had a really good season. Again, not perfect, but pretty darn good, especially considering like this is this was basically his first season in the NFL. Um, I know technically it's his third, but I mean, like he was not a starting linebacker. He was. So if I remember correctly, his first season, uh, he was practice squad or injured his second season, uh, last year. Um, if I remember correctly, we still, did we have Quan Alexander last year or yeah, I don't remember. I think he played a very small role last year. And then this year he was basically a starting linebacker for the majority of the year. And there. I don't remember the exact game, but there was a game that Fred Warner didn't play and Aziz had to be the mic and he stepped up. Uh, I really like Aziz. If he's not under contract, I hope we can bring him back at a good price. Uh, It's hard to pay everybody, especially when you're paying so much to Fred Warner, but I really liked Aziz. I thought he had a really good season. Um, Yeah, gotta love it. Other linebackers, Uh, Marcel Harris, uh, played some linebacker. I'm not a big fan of Marcel Harris. Uh, I do think that he was, (laughs) I I do think that I like the idea of putting him at linebacker. I think he's much better at linebacker than he is at safety. It was not pretty watching him try and play free safety, uh, in the past, I think he's much better at linebacker. I also don't think he's a starting linebacker. I think if he's your fourth or fifth linebacker, that's not bad. And uh, that was what he was. And in that role, he was okay. He played special teams. Again, not great. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, he, he he tries to be a big hitter. He's, he's built like a safety, but he plays like a linebacker. His athleticism is that of a linebacker, um, but he's built like a safety. He's just, I think that's just kind of what it is, is Marcel Harris is, 
at his best, uh, I think I think he's ideally your you know a special teams guy that's you know your 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 fifth guy that you'd want to put in the box. You know, after you put your your Sam, your Will, and your Mike, and your strong safety, then you can put Marcel Harris in the box too as your fifth option. Um, so he's at his best in the box, but ideally I don't want him out there. Um, so yeah, you know, it is what it is. Let's see here. Any other linebackers, uh, Demetrius Flanagan fouls barely saw much of him. Uh, looks here like he had 164 snaps on the season. Uh, mostly positive grades. Um, I believe what kind of grades are these? Is that run defense? Um, yeah, DFF, good run defense, good pass coverage grade, uh, solid grade overall at PFF, but so few snaps, uh, he's built like a safety. He's pretty much just like a special teams guy. Again, you need the guys. Um, I barely remember seeing him on the field this season. Um, but you know, I mean, if you're never on the field, but when you are on the field, you're not a liability, then I guess that's a win. You know, again, you're talking about your sixth linebacker. Uh, apparently, we had Curtis Robinson, who I don't remember. It looks like he had... Sorry, Cap, but don't want you stepping on the computer here. <laughs> sorry, my cat's trying to... Hi, kitty. Yeah, you're a good kitty, but you got to stay off of the computer. Don't want you stepping all over the laptop. Yeah. Stay off the keyboard. So, yeah. Anyways, though, um, yeah, don't remember Curtis Robinson. Looks like he had 80 snaps. And uh, Mark and Zacha, we ended up bringing him on for special teams uh, late in the season, and he's technically listed as a linebacker. I do think linebacker is one of those things where I wouldn't be surprised if we uh, – if we uh, swung on like a late round, like a day three pick on a linebacker or like a, a big, a box safety uh, that we can convert to linebacker. What, what are you doing? Okay. Fine. I'll hold you kitty. Yeah, I know you don't like being held, but I don't like you walking on the keyboard. Anyways, those are linebackers. Uh, next up is safeties. So as far as safeties goes, um, Jimmy Ward is really good. Um, I thought Jimmy Ward had a really good season. He was really, he was pretty healthy. He had a couple interceptions. Um, Jimmy Ward is a really good safety and I'm glad that we have him under contract for another year or two. Um, just because it's good to have someone on the back end that, you know, prevents the big plays. Uh, I know he isn't a turnover machine, but he is a really good tackler. He's really good on his assignments. He's a good leader. He understands the defense. PFF has him as a top 20 safety. I think that's pretty realistic. Um, I might even move him into top 10, but it depends on what kind of safety you're talking about. So, if you're talking about a box safety, then I would say Jimmy Ward is not in that category. If you're talking about two high safeties and free safeties, I would definitely put Jimmy Ward as like top 10 in the NFL. There's just so many different types of safeties. Um, either way, though, Jimmy Ward, really good year. Uh, PFF gave him a 90 run defense grade. 
Um, and again, I think a lot of that is just him being a really good tackler and he was really good. Um, yeah, I like Jimmy Ward. Uh, the other safety, Jaquiski Tart. Um, Tart's a good player, but he's not as good as Jimmy. And uh, Jaquiski Tart is more of a... Jimmy Ward is, I would call, like a hybrid free safety. Meaning he's a free safety who can play single high. He can play two high. He's also really good in uh, man coverage if you want to man him up in the slot or man him up versus like tight ends and running backs. Uh, Tart is more, I would call, a hybrid box safety, meaning he's at his best in the box, line of scrimmage, strong safety. He can play too high um, or single high, but that's not necessarily his best uh, trait. Uh, Jaquiski Tart, this year he was very... He was very boomer bust. He had some very, very good plays. Um, remember the Packers game and the playoffs. He comes all the way across the field to make the tackle, force a field goal, which ends up getting blocked by Ward. That was an incredible play. Uh, he also ended up having not good plays where he just misses a tackle, where he just takes a bad angle up close, misses a tackle. Uh, the dropped interception in the in the NFC play NFC conference NFC uh, championship game. Um, I like Tart. If we can bring him back on like a vet minimum deal, um, I'm not against it. Uh, but at the same time, he's a free agent, and I wouldn't be surprised if we moved on. Um, again, I like him. I think he's good. Um, but I also think that he's replaceable and at 30 years old, um, I, I I think that he's one of those guys where they might bring him back, but it's definitely not a priority. Um, he's probably like fourth or fifth on my like free agent bring him back list. Again, if you want to bring him back, it's going to be very short term. Um, this is a good safety class. So there's definitely some safeties that I think should be available in the second or third round that I think we could plug and play at safety. There's also some good free agent safeties that are be available. So again, I like Tart. Um, he had an up and down season overall. I think he's a good player. Uh, he's a really good athlete for the position. He's just kind of, he's pushing that age where it's hard to really want to pay him, uh, at this point, um, other safety, we got the rookie Hafunga. He was solid. Um, I like the way that he plays, but I don't think he's good enough for me to feel comfortable with him starting. Uh, especially because I feel like ideally his best position, I think is a box strong safety, but I don't just because like he doesn't have, I think he's more of like a, a heavy hitter, a good tackler, um, a, a pursuit. I think he's more of a pursue and tackle guy. Um, he plays like a linebacker mixed with a strong safety, if that makes sense. But for some reason they kept putting him in free safety. And when you're, he's just, he's not athletic enough. I really like a Um, 
I just, I don't think that he's good enough that I feel comfortable with him starting next season. Um, again, though, rookie, rookie contract, definitely keep him. I really like him on dime packages. Um, if you're going to do a three safety look, I don't, I don't hate that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of thinking like a, almost like a big nickel, uh, where, you know, you've got like three safeties instead of a nickel corner, you know, you've got an extra safety. So it's like in between like nickel and base, you know, cause nickel, you've got your, you've got three corners, a nickel corner, two linebackers and two safeties. And then like base, you've got, you know, two, two safeties, three linebackers, a big nickel or a three safety. You know, you've got three safeties, two linebackers, two corners. So in that kind of thing, I think that'd be the best fit. I think he's best as like your number three, number four safety. Really like him on special teams. Um, I just, I don't trust his lack of speed and athleticism against top tier opponents enough to have him be starting. Um, he doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes. He's almost like a veteran in the way that he plays. Like an aging veteran, like past your prime, but like savvy. Except that he's like 20, young 20s or something. He's like 23 years old, but he plays like he's like 33, if that makes sense. Um, so I don't know if that makes sense, but, uh, I like a funga. I really like him as a special teamer. I like him as a backup safety, but I do think that strong safety is a part where we can upgrade other safeties on the team. Uh, we had Tavon Wilson, uh, Jared Wilson, who played roughly a hundred snaps a piece. Um, they were okay. They're kind of, you know, one-year veteran guys who came in, played a small role. I don't expect to see them really next year, but, you know, they played their small small role whenever uh, Tart or Ward or Hafunga were hurt. Um, they weren't a complete liability, but, you know, I mean, there's a reason why they're the kind of fifth guy off the street. And then Tarverius Moore. Tarverius Moore... Uh, this was his fourth season. He ended up, I think it was his Achilles tear uh, before the season started. So we never got a chance to see him play this season. I believe he's a free agent. I do like the idea of bringing him back. He, here's the reason, here's what I really like about Tervarius Moore and why I kind of want him back. He's 6'2", 200 pounds. He runs a sub 4'4". Four, four, and in what little time he was on the field, he generated turnovers. He, I think it was the Super Bowl season, had two interceptions despite the fact that he was barely ever on the field. He picked off Mahomes in the uh, Super Bowl. And I know that he also really didn't, he had some serious issues with pursuit angles. Uh, so if he's corrected his pursuit angles, I really, really, uh, I like him. Uh, just the fact that he has the speed, the athleticism, he actually intercepts balls when they come his way. Um, you know, like he's, he's a six, two ball Hawk and he's really fast, really athletic. Um, I don't know if he will be back. I don't know how his recovery is from his Achilles, 
Um, but the fact that we spent a third rounder on him and he was basically like a, a spot starter safety slash corner that maybe played a half dozen games in three seasons kind of feels like a wasted pick, which is a shame because again, like multiple interceptions in what little time he played and just elite athlete, just super, super athlete. So We'll see what happens with him, but I I do like Tarvarius more. And uh, I think we're going to finish off with corners. So, um, let's just start off with Verrett. Uh, Jason Verrett, I was so bummed out that he tore his ACL the first game of the season because he looked really good. He looked really good in the preseason. He was really good last year. And last year was the first year that he was finally healthy. And then it was like this year, sweet. And then he tore his ACL. So I don't know. Um, I think I almost wonder if Verrett is just going to like hang up the cleats after another season ending injury. I just, the amount of like mental toughness and fortitude, it just sounds so difficult to come back from like again, Like, how many years has Jason Verrett missed? Which is a shame because so talented. Um, But he's also pushing, I think, 28, 29, 30. So he's older. Uh, It's going to be that much harder to come back from injury. Um, And again, he looked really good this preseason, really good that first game. But, you know, I, I really don't know. Um, I'd like to, I would like the idea of bringing back Jason Verrett on a team friendly deal next season. Um, you know, like low risk, high reward kind of thing, uh, vet minimum, maybe with incentives, something along those lines. Um, but I mean, at this point, like it's Jason Verrett, he's extremely talented, but for some reason, he's just cursed with uh, cursed with injuries, it seems like. Um, so, yeah, uh, we didn't get a chance to see him. He, he played one game, and that was it. Cool. Um, Emmanuel Mosley? I thought Emmanuel Mosley had a pretty good year. Um, definitely wasn't perfect, uh, but I thought he had a good year. I think Emmanuel Mosley is a starting corner. I don't think he's a lockdown corner, but I do think that he played pretty well. Uh, PFF gave him a 68 coverage grade, uh, which is not bad. Um, they had him ranked 33rd out of 120 cornerbacks. So, you know, again, like not elite, not lockdown, but I think he's pretty good. Uh, we have him one more year on the two year extension that he signed. So he'll be back next year. I like the idea of him starting. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, um, good, not great athlete. He's 5'11, 185 pounds. Um, he seemed to play pretty well in zone He's not, you know, the biggest, he's not the fastest, but he's pretty technically sound. He's pretty good in coverage. Um, He's more than willing in the run game. Uh, He, I really like how physical he, he's become. Uh, There was a hit that he had on Cooper Cup 
in the NFC Championship game where uh, Cooper Cup was running like a jet sweep handoff, and Mosley just came down and just just hit him and uh, caused a tackle for a loss. And he didn't actually get the tackle, but you could see how physical it was. And he's going up against a guy who has 20, 30 pounds on him, but zero fear. So I really like Mosley. I really like him as a starting corner for us next season. Can we upgrade at corner? I definitely think so. Um, But I mean, I like the way he plays. He's usually pretty healthy. Um, I think that makes sense. You know, 30, 33rd in the NFL means you're a really good number two or a not good number one. And I think that's what Mosley is. is I think Mosley is a really good number two corner. And, uh, I, I hope that he continues next year. And I think, uh, I'm excited to have him back. Uh, our starting, our starting nickel, uh, slot corner, Kwan Williams. Um, I think this was definitely a season where Kwan showed his age. Just, he's really not able to play man in the slot. Kwan Williams is a very good run defender and blitzer from the slot. And he's a good tackler. So he's really good in the run game, really good blitzer from the slot position. But he has, at this point in his career, I think become a liability in coverage. Uh, He has a 60 coverage grade according to PFF. And there was definitely a few times where uh, he gave up plays Um, I just, I don't remember him having a whole lot of pass breakups. Um, I like K1 Williams, but same thing, you know, with a lot of these guys is he's on a one year deal. He's pushing 30. Uh, he's a liability in certain situations. Like the thing that I hated most was watching him manned up one-on-one without help over the top against guys. Uh, cause he doesn't have the speed to keep up with vertical routes one-on-one and he doesn't have the size to match up against big receivers one-on-one. So it was like, you know, you match him up with, uh, you know, match him up one-on-one against who was it from the Packers that beat him on a slot fade? Uh, what was it like Marquez Valdez Scantling? Or something like really like he's not elite like he's just he's really big and K1 Williams just can't man up on him just he doesn't have the size or the speed to match up one on one anymore and I think at this point in his career I think that makes him uh, a liability in a lot of situations really good run defender really good blitzer um but as far as like a coverage slot corner, um, you know, he was, he was good this year. He was not great. And I definitely think his play fell off a little bit, uh, from the last couple of years. Um, would I bring him back? Maybe. Um, see, here's the thing though, is that we've got Diamador Lenore, who we basically drafted to be a slot corner. And uh, I really want to see Demo play slot because I think Demo 
is I think Demo is not nearly as much of a liability out of the slot that Kawan Williams is. And I want to see what he looks like next year. Uh, which brings me to the rookies, uh, Diamandor Lenore, Ambry Thomas. So Demo Lenore started out the season and due to the injuries, he was kind of forced to play outside corner and he, he had some really good reps. He had some good games. He also had some games where he really struggled and some really bad reps, but I do really like the fact that again, you've got a fifth round rookie in week two going up against first round pick wide receivers and holding his own more or less. Um, and then the next, and then, you know, you're asking him to freaking guard Devonte Adams. Like that's a really tough task. Now, to be fair, the NFL, there's a lot of really fucking good receivers. And that's just kind of, it is what it is, you know, like, Hey, guess what? You play in the NFC West, you know who you got to go up against all the time. Cooper cup, Odell Beckham, Jr. Uh, Deandre Hopkins, DK Metcalf. Um, geez, Tyler Lockett, uh, Deandre Hopkins. If I didn't already say that, you know, like there's really, really good receivers all over. Um, I do like that he more or less, he, he wasn't a complete liability in the couple of games that he started and played in. He made some plays. He gave up some plays. But again, fifth round rookie that you draft to be a developmental slot and now you're making him start outside corner against first round uh, draft picks and Devonte Adams in his first two games, really, really difficult task. And I liked, I liked the attitude that he brought, even if he wasn't, uh, even if he gave up some plays, he was always contesting it. And uh, overall, I liked what he's, I liked what I saw. Um, and I think his ideal role is a slot corner. Um, I think that he's he's physical. He's a good tackler. Um, and I think his size and his athleticism kind of limits him to the slot. Um, but I wouldn't hate, uh, you know, Demo being our starting slot next year, Diamador Lenore. I think that's why they drafted him. And uh, I think that that might happen next year where he is our starting slot. Uh, which brings us to Ambry Thomas, our other rookie. Now, Ambry Thomas caught a whole lot of flack this season because he wasn't starting. And how how dare they spend a, a late third round pick on a corner? And why the hell are we getting Josh Norman? And like, I get it. You know, I don't want Josh Norman or Dante Johnson or who is that other guy that we had? Drake Kirkpatrick. I don't want to see them on the field. Um, but at the same time, like I think that the fact that I actually studied Ambry Thomas pre-draft uh, gave me a little bit better perspective as far as what to expect. And what I saw pre-draft was exactly what we got. And I think that's very positive because pre-draft, I said, cool, we've got a guy who's 
roughly six foot tall, 5'11", six foot, long arms. So he's lengthy. He's got definitely enough length with like 32, 33 inch arms. He runs a 4-4 flat and he was really good playing press man. Cool. We've got physical traits. We've got man coverage ability. Awesome. And he played at a big program against really good players. Cool. Issues. Well, never really saw him playing any off zone coverage in college. And he didn't play it all last year because of COVID. Um, because I think he got colitis or something uh, a few years ago and lost like 20 pounds. And he was concerned, you know, obviously that's hey, fair enough. I get it. You know, you got a high risk or whatever. Um, so again, you know, you have athletic traits and you've got press man experience primarily. So you're going to have to develop your off zone coverage skills and you're going to have to get in football shape. Well, what did we see early on in the season? He wasn't ready. He didn't look comfortable in off zone coverage. He looked really uncomfortable in preseason, uh, in off zone coverage. Um, but he developed, he developed, he practiced, and then he got to the point where he overtook Josh Norman for the starting job late in the season. And I thought he played fairly well. Now, according to PFF, he was absolutely horrible, but I think I disagree. And the biggest thing with me is that I, we saw Ambry improve and develop throughout the second half of the season. I think his first start was against the Bengals. And it's like, cool, you got to go up against Jamar Chase in your first game. Well, unfortunately, he bit on a couple routes that he shouldn't have, gave up his assignment, gave up some big catches. All right, cool. Learning moment, fix it, get over it. Jamar Chase is really good. He's playing in the Super Bowl. All right, cool. Game two. Well, now you're going up against the Falcons. They don't have any super elite receivers, but they did just pick this tight end who's basically a six-foot a uh, six foot six receiver who runs a four, four. And now you got to defend him in your second game. Okay. Well, I mean, he did a better job not biting on the routes. So he was at least contesting catches. He was in position and he got flagged a little bit. Same with the previous game. So, you know, it was like your first game. You have just some really bad busted coverages your second game, you don't bust the coverages as much, uh, but you're not really breaking up any passes. Uh, third game, uh, I think he was playing a lot better coverage uh, and making a lot more difficult. And then it was like every game you saw markedly improve. And then I absolutely loved the fact that the end of the regular season, the overtime win against the Rams... Ambry Thomas, the rookie, ices the game with the interception. His first interception of his rookie career was to ice an overtime game and win it. So it was awesome seeing that progression from basically being like, hey, this is a developmental kid with traits that hasn't played for a year. He's going to 
take a little bit of development halfway through the season. Hey, guess what? Now is your time watching him improve week to week, in my opinion. And I think he played significantly better as the season went um, to the point where he was a serviceable corner by the end of the season and into the playoffs. Now, is Ambry Thomas a starting corner? I don't know. Um, I will say that again, as a draft prospect, I really liked him as a late third or fourth round pick that would redshirt for a year and then start his second year. So I think he's on track for that. Um, I definitely think that we want to add some corner depth um, because the last thing I want is more Josh Norman. But I think Ambry Thomas showed me enough potential um, that I... What I'll say is this. I do not hate the idea of our starting secondary next season being Emmanuel Mosley, Ambry Thomas, and Demo Lenore. What I've seen so far, I've seen enough from them that if that's it, I don't hate it. Now, I don't love it. I'd much rather upgrade it. And corner is one of those things where if you can upgrade your number one, you're upgrading all three, if that makes sense. Because, you know, your one's now your two, your two's now your three, your three is now your four. Um, so if you can upgrade a corner, please do. Uh, that being said, I really liked what I saw from Ambry um, later in the season, just seeing his development and seeing, seeing him to develop into the player that I thought he could develop into. Uh, so yeah, that's Ambry Thomas. Uh, finishing out, uh, Josh Norman was rated as the 115th corner out of 120 qualifying corners. And I think we all know why. Josh Norman was absolutely terrible. Uh, he didn't stick to his assignment. He didn't stick to run fits. He gave things up. He's old. He's slow. Please, please, please never put Josh Norman on our field again. He can't even do punt coverage. He gave up a fake punt. Um, yeah, just Josh Norman, please never again. All he did was draw flags, bust coverages and punch the football. And again, like, yeah, cool. You force fumbles, but dude, if you're busting 10 coverages a game, I cannot put you on the field against these wide receivers that we go up against week in week out. Um, so yeah, hopefully that is the last we ever see of Josh Norman in a 49ers uniform. And uh, I'm going to leave it at that for Josh Norman because I'm pretty sure I ranted and raved about him every single time he was on the field. And uh, 768 defensive snaps from Josh Norman is 768 too many. So, anyways. And uh, by the way, that PFF grade, that puts him as the fifth worst starting corner in the NFL that qualified fifth worst, not good, Josh, not good. Uh, I hope that he retires and enjoys his retirement with all the money that is made over the years. Um, cool. Dante Johnson also played some corner for us. 
Uh, Dante Johnson, affectionately, affectionately known as the Barnacle. Uh, Dante Johnson was solid in spot duty. Um, I don't hate the idea of Dante Johnson coming back as the, you know, fifth or sixth corner. Uh, he can, I think he's best at slot. Um, I think that's his best fit is slot, but he can play slot. He can play outside. He even played some safety when our safeties got hurt against the Rams week 18. So Dante Johnson, he's flexible. Uh, he's versatile. Um, you know, he can play a lot of positions on the back end. He's got a lot of experience. He's never going to be an elite starting corner, but you know what? If he's your number five corner, I don't hate it. And I think he's a good guy to have in that corner room as a savvy veteran who understands coverages and routes and everything. There's a, there's something to be said about being in the NFL for as long as he has, despite the fact that he's never been elite. He's doing something right. The fact that uh, Dante Johnson has been in the NFL for so long. Let me see if I can see how many years he's been in. I feel like it's like seven years or something. Corner, 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 corner. And I'm definitely going to have to end this podcast here in a second because... I am starving and this has gone on long and my brain is done. Eight years in the NFL from Dante Johnson. Eight years. He's 30. So props to Dante. Again, I do not want him starting on my team, but you know what? If you're, if you have three guys go down and you got to have your fifth guy come in and play one of the, you know, either play or slot or outside or safety. I really like that he can do it. Uh, He seems to be a good dude. Um, Yeah, and again, 325 snaps this season. More than I'd like to see. Um, But he wasn't terrible. He wasn't terrible. PFF had him rated as 57th out of 120. So, you know what? That's not terrible. That's, uh, that's, That's the third best corner on a half dozen teams. So... There you go. Anyways. Um, and I'm trying to see if there's anyone else here. Uh, Darquez Denard. Uh, he came in and played uh, about a half against the Rams. Um, one thing that he... Something cool that happened just with him randomly. Sorry. Uh, he said on Twitter that the 49ers made him fall in love with football again. And I think that just shouts out like how awesome the culture is in the building. So props to that. Um, and I think that's everyone. Also, I think I totally missed out on use check this season. Uh, use check again, pro bowl fullback, uh, really good. And as far as, uh, kicking and punting, uh, Robbie gold this year was pretty good. Uh, he continues to be questionable past like 55 yards, but he was perfect in the playoffs. Uh, he's perfect for his career in the playoffs. Um, He's solid again, like he's not going anywhere. So I hope that he plays well because his, uh, his cap hit is so big. And then, uh, yeah, but you know, Robbie gold, he's good. He's good. He's not the best kicker in the NFL, but he's probably like the 10th best. And, uh, you know what? He's here. So accepted, uh, Mitch Wisnowski, 
Mitch Wishnowski had a really, really bad season. I don't know what the hell was up with it, but he was really bad this season. Um, to the point where I kind of want a different punter. Like his punting numbers were terrible. He was injured. Uh, he could he could barely punt it. Like our punting was so bad. And I don't know what happened because it used to be that I could have sworn we drafted him because he was supposed to be this really good punter. And that's why we spent a fourth rounder on him. And, you know, he was going to, he could like hang it in the air a long time and he could kick it really far and really high. And he is really accurate. And you could use him on like fake punts because he was an athlete because he played rugby. But it turns out he was just a shitty punter this year. And we had Robbie Gold doing kickoffs because he couldn't even kick the ball into the end zone. So no idea what's up with that. Um, I appreciate him attempting to kick field goals when it was needed. Um, But I mean, Robbie Gold was a better kicker than like Wisnowski, you know, like not good. Um, I mean, Robbie Gold's average, he only had a 40 yard net average for punting and that's not good. Um, just not good. So don't know what happened with Robbie Gold, but whatever it was, it wasn't good. So anyways, that wraps up the defense. So how about that? I spent an hour on the offense and an hour and 20 minutes on the defense. We have officially concluded the 49ers season. We have talked about every single player, how they did, what we thought of them. (sighs) Fucking thank you. Like if you actually listen to this, huge thank you like you have no idea like i'm exhausted now i've been screaming into this microphone for two and a half hours and if you actually fucking listen to this rambling and my entire recap like i owe you a beer so by the way if you ever see me at a game and i don't go to a lot of games but i went to uh i went to two this year Um, I will go to every game that they play at the Seahawks stadium because I live like two hours away and I try and make one or two other games a year. Uh, It's hard when you're in the Pacific Northwest because they don't play a whole lot of games uh, that doesn't involve a, uh, a bit of a flight and uh, a hotel. So going to a game for me is uh, it's, if it's not a Seattle game, it's, it's, it's probably a thousand dollars plus. So there's not a whole lot of games that I can go to, but if you ever see me at a game, uh, and you watch the pod, tell me I'll buy you a beer. That is my commitment to you is that if you tell me, Hey, Brian, I listen to the pod. I'll be like, motherfucker, let me buy you a beer. Thank you for being one of the 20 listeners that actually are on here. So with that, um, I'm going to go eat because all I've had today is uh, breakfast, two protein bars after going snowboarding and shouting into a microphone for almost three hours. I love you. 
Coming up, we've got off-season, so I am getting really pumped about draft prospects, and I may or may not even put out a podcast tomorrow, Sunday, which would make like four hours of podcast My mouth isn't working anymore. Four hours of podcast stuff this weekend. Uh, But we're going to get into draft prospects. I am fucking pumped. Um, Senior Bowl, East-West Shrine game, um, scouting reports, film breakdowns. It's all coming up. It's all coming up. And uh, we got free agency. And anytime there's big breaking news, like when the Jimmy trade happens, I'll be here. So with that, appreciate you. Like, subscribe, comment, follow. Uh, tweet, tell your friends, tell your enemies, go Niners.